Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to Stuff You Should Know. It's Josh and Chuck. Hi, Josh. Yeah, there you go. Was you waiting on me? I was. Okay. I was. I was staring right at you, Chuck. I, I didn't notice. I should have given you a. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Chuck. I don't know if you've checked out the uh, editorial department calendar recently. Of our, our editorial calendar. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sure. Not not the not the the article slated, but our actual calendar calendar. Oh no no no. No, you haven't. No. Well, you will be pleasantly surprised to find that if you go into the week of Christmas this coming December, mm-hmm. we work two days. That's nice. And you know, I'm not working any. Oh, are you taking those days off? Oh, yeah. I'm taking off a couple of weeks. Wow. Uh, you know, I used up almost all my vacation time. Sure. I'm very grateful for this. But do you realize what that gives us? Uh, less. Uh, what it gives me? Well, it sounds like a two-day work week. It sounds also like a five-day weekend. Right. Yeah. One man's two-day work week is another man's five-day weekend. Yeah, it definitely depends on how you look at it. If you're right. a workaholic, two-day work week. If you're, you know, a slacker, five-day weekend. Right. That sounds great. It, it does. And actually... Um, our HR department is, isn't the first to ever come up with this concept. Is that so? <laughs> it is so. There's actually a movement afoot, Chuck, called the Friends of the Five-Day Weekend. Right. There is actually a constitutional amendment, a proposal for one, Right. which last time I counted had about 6,500 signatures on it. I wasn't too impressed with that number, by the way. No, it, it could be better. Yeah. Um, d- basically petitioning Congress to say... All right, you know we're we're going to have a two day work week from now on, and the rest is is a weekend. Right. Legally, you if you work more than this, you have to pay. You have to be paid overtime. Right. I love that this group really went for it. There, they they didn't go with a three day weekend or no. even a four. They just said, screw it, five days off, two days a week will work. Yeah, and we should probably give a little background on this group. I, I right. got to tell you, um, it it, it sounds very tongue in cheek. It sounds um almost satirical. And a joke, and it almost completely is. It, it's um, it the the group behind it is the Asheville Convention and Visitors Bureau, I believe, right. Asheville, North North Carolina, uh-huh. and um, this is a, an ad campaign, a marketing campaign to get people to Asheville to you know create this five day weekend so everybody could come to Asheville and spend their five day weekends there. Now, do you know how it was the idea just to get press? I think so. I okay. think that was part of it, but I think it was kind of like a whole campaign and then the the press aspect wrote itself you right. know especially once they floated a constitutional amendment so it was kind of a tongue in cheek thing but actually uh people reacted to it they responded to it you know hey that sounds great kind of thing especially i imagine when there was like you know they they held, they held rallies at festivals and stuff like that and i, I imagine the more beer there was there the more right. of a response there was yeah, to yeah. it you know sure yeah no work five day weekend kind of thing so um well we found out about it here at how stuff works and of course it, as is our way um we took a tongue-in-cheek idea to the nth degree its extreme conclusion and wanted to find out i mean like what what the deal is could this right. even work right? and what would happen if it did so it's like you be careful making a joke around us because we'll 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 investigate it and right. publish it and if, if it's a stupid idea we'll we'll say so right but frankly i these people i think they have a, a good idea i think the friends of the five-day weekend they have a um a good idea and they're, they're actually pointing something out What's that? 
they're pointing out that Americans work way too hard and have become right. far, far too serious. Right. Well, Donald Trump doesn't agree with you. No, he doesn't. But that's the Donald. You yeah. Know? He uh, said yeah. he said the idea was ridiculous. He did. He yeah. actually he said it in his blog. Right. I'm impressed I'm sure that it got to him in the first place. I'm impressed that he knows how to blog. Right. <laughs> that's true. So um, yeah, he he didn't he didn't like that. But there's plenty of people who who agree with the concept. Um, and actually, this 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 idea that Americans are overworked is we've got yards of figures here, Chuck. Chuck, how about some figures? And the I'm the stat man. Yeah. Uh, in 2007, a survey was performed by the conference board, and they found that uh, fewer than 50% of Americans were happy with their jobs. Which Sounds is, right. Yeah, that's pretty sad, though. Yeah. Uh, in 1987, uh, 61% had job satisfaction. That's so. a sharp decline. It and is. you will know, note that I think in 1987, that was the year that the Michael Keaton pro-America movie Gung Ho came out right. and really kicked the American worker into overdrive. We're not going to get beaten by the Japanese. Uh-huh. Let's get to work, you know? So you think that had a lot to do with be, it? it? The lovable Michael Keaton led the charge. Right. Well, I think that's it, it's centered exclusively around the movie Gung Ho. Yeah, wow. Uh, Pre-Batman Michael Keaton, too. Right, yeah. Point out. Uh, and then there was a, another study in 2004 that um, one-third of all Americans feel overworked, which... I, I thought it might be a little higher than that, to be honest. I would too, but I think we we've also developed an endurance over time too, right? From and fat, lazy, pre gung ho right. days to like you know, kind of a lean, trim workforce. Is yeah, like and what I we think, have now uh, that's slightly evidenced by and I know something else you mentioned in the article that uh, a lot of Americans don't use all their vacation days. No, ten of fourteen. Yeah, that's just that was in two thousand six. That added to five hundred and seventy four million unused vacation days. Yeah, that is one thing you will never catch me with unused vacation that's days. That's great. Hats off to you, buddy. I just I don't I don't get it. Yeah, time I, off I is good. I'm not lazy. No, you definitely aren't lazy, but you you know how to live. You know how to take care of yourself. Yeah, and the value of time off. It's I value it, treasure it. But I think there's a lot of people. I think you could even say a majority of American workers don't. No. They don't know how to do that. So that's kind of the point of this five-day weekend. It's like, wake up, man. Start, settle down. Let's all just kind of chill out here or there. Right. Learn to live like Chuck, that kind of thing. Right. Well, I think uh, – I don't have any stats for this, but I bet a lot of these types are uh, the men and women that are after the dollar and that, you know, they f- figure if they're snoozing, they're losing on money. <laughs> and, um, you know – People who use asinine rhymes to describe right. like their motivation, right? And we're not really like that. We're we're meager uh, livers, and uh, yeah, we, we we know how to be happy and content. Yeah, without you know making three hundred thousand dollars a year. You're not making three hundred thousand. Well, maybe I should renegotiate. Yeah, my I guess deal so. Here. So, um, if you'll notice, Chuck, that the the friends of the five day weekend, like I said, they proposed a uh, constitutional amendment. Now, if Congress, for some weird reason, took this up, championed it, and passed it. It actually wouldn't be the first time that they've done this. Right. Did you know that there wasn't any such thing as a weekend in the United States until 1938? I know. That's weird. And the weekend was actually created by a congressional act? Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. I bet no one knows. That's that's your takeaway today, folks. If you want to amaze around the water cooler, that's a good fact. Yeah. The weekend was created by Congress. Right. And it was called the Fair uh, Labor Standards Act, correct? Yeah. Yeah, we talked about um, we talked about the uh, the labor department in uh, free market regulation mm-hmm. podcast, if you'll remember. Um, and you know they shouldn't exist in this free market. 
But really, the Fair Labor and Standards Act is one of these shining acts that really protects people. Right. You know, it established a uh, 44-hour work week, Mm -hmm. you know, Monday through Friday, about eight hours a day. Um, It it also established uh, a minimum wage. Right. uh, Got rid of child labor. Right. Across the board, it was a good act. Yeah, and it stood the test of time, clearly. Yeah. Because the 40-hour work week is still kind of between 40 and 50 is still the standard. Exactly. Okay, so, so what would happen if... We did go to a two-day-a-week work week. Um, well, you tell me. You, no, you tell me. <laughs> well, it, it depends on – are you talking about economically speaking? Uh, yeah. I know people would be a lot happier. Well, supposedly. It depends. I mean, can you, can you really say that? Well, I, I, that's just my feeling. Okay, let me, let me tell you about an unnatural law that okay. you might be interested in, right? Here's the first problem with, with the two-day work week. How are you going to do five days' worth of work in two days? Is it possible? Well, stay off Facebook. Exactly. That'd be a good start. There's this guy named, uh, I believe, Alan Parkinson. No, that's uh, Alan Parsons' project I'm thinking of. See right. uh, Northcote Parkinson. Uh-huh. He created Parkinson's Law. It's like Murphy's Law. Um, it's an unnatural law, right? Kind right. of a, a, a wry observation. Um, and uh, Parkinson's Law says that... Um, Work expands so as to fill the time available for its completion. Right. So if you have, you know, a one-day job to, you know, to do, but you're given a week to do it, it's going to take you pretty much all week to do that job. Right. No matter how hard you try. Yeah. So I guess if you put Parkinson's Law up to the, uh, you know, five-day weekend, you could you could probably trim several days off of your work week if you just went all out right. for those two days. Right. Probably not going to be able to finish everything in two days, but it is possible, right? I would agree. Okay, so um, so that that's number one, um, and then number two, as far as the five the friends of the five day weekend see it, basically, um, we're not taking any time for ourselves as it is, even on the weekends, right? Because there's a lot of times, so much time spent working that the weekends are often spent doing chores. Uh, housework, yeah, that kind of thing, and in a strict economic sense, in a strict economic definition, actually, um, leisure time is uh, activities that give direct enjoyment. Right. So just because you have time off doesn't mean you're engaging in leisure time, right. which is the whole point behind the five day weekend thing. We need more time to have leisure time because, like you said, we're vacuuming, we're running errands, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That's not leisure time. That's right. working, but not being paid for it. Right. You know. Um, so that's another aspect of the whole thing. And there's also a, a, a physical aspect to it. Uh, our health could actually improve um, if we adopted a five-day weekend. Uh, case in point, a 2000 study um, from the University of Pitt- Pittsburgh uh-huh. and the State University of New York, Oswego. Right. They found that uh, there, was a, there was a direct correlation between uh, middle-aged men who are at risk for heart disease, suffering heart attacks, and a lack of vacation time. Right. I did a lot of articles recently on the heart and stress, as you know, and mm-hmm. it's there. It's not uh, supposed. You know, it's those are direct links. Yeah, there's definitely a mind-body link, and yeah. it appears to be stress is the is the most clear um, uh, example of it. Right. Right. So okay, so we would technically be able to, to do most of our work in two days that we're now taking five days to do. 
um, we would uh, we would be able to actually engage in actual leisure time. Our health would benefit. And even more, there's a model already in place for lots of, of time off, and that's in Europe. Correct. Yeah. I went I went to Malta, remember, this summer? Uh-huh. There's this guy who's a diplomat over in uh, Croatia. He's a, an English diplomat. And he had like 86 paid days off per year. You're kidding. No, I'm not kidding at wow. all. He hardly knew what to do with all the time off that he had. Wow. And it was fairly fairly common, fairly standard. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, I, I get two weeks off. Right. You know? So, yeah, it was kind of, um, it was a rough thing to come you know, face-to-face with. Right. I, I'm jealous of your, uh, we often talk about our weekend activities, and I'm all, you really do do it right at your house. <laughs> yeah, but you, you, uh, you have very, uh, you have a very improved house. Well, I, I, I'm renovating a house. Some of you may know this, some of you may not. So there's a lot of work to be done on the weekends. Um, I do get pleasure out of that, though. So I guess technically that still counts as leisure time. Yeah, as long as you're deriving pleasure, is a direct pleasure. So, Chuck, let's look at it from an economic aspect now. We know what the friends of the five-day weekend are saying, that it could be beneficial to us. But, you know, would it be beneficial to the economy? Well, this is where you need to school me because I know economics is your... Uh, your one true love in life. I love economics, actually. It's so weird and nerdy, but I've become fascinated by it as I've grown older. And there's this guy who pertains to what we're talking about um, named John Maynard Keynes. Right. And uh, he, appropriately enough, came up with Keynesian uh, economics. Mm-hmm. And um, he wrote a paper. Basically, Keynesian economics is a form of macroeconomics. Right. So before people would say, "Oh, okay, um, there's this much much wealth in the world," or you know, people sold this many goods, and um, you know, there was this gross profit, and then you know, minus expenditures, and now you have net profit, and there's economics. Right. And Keynes is like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! We're missing like a lot of aspects here. So like our our really, um, I guess, granular." Uh, view of economics now where we're we're keeping track of office supply indexes or indices um that's all keynesian he said we need to take into account debt and taxes and all this other stuff right right makes sense so by the time he writes this uh paper um called um economic sorry go ahead go ahead you economic uh, possibilities for our grandchildren right and he writes that in 1930 and he'd already established himself as like the the economic genius of his age so he writes this thing. Everybody's listening, right? Mm-hmm. And in it, he says, "Okay." He he took a very conservative growth rate of um, of the economy and wealth, which he called uh, capital um, equipment. Yeah, thank you. Um, he said two percent growth per year and seven and a half percent growth of the capital equipment, which is, I, I believe, all the money available in the world. Right. Um, and within a hundred years. We're going to basically be living in this leisure society that the Friends of the Five Day Weekend came up with. Yeah, I love this theory. Right now, he actually took a, a his his estimates were pretty much spot on, and they were actually a slightly more conservative. We've grown more than that, right? And I believe like our capital equipment has grown much more than seven and a half. I mm-hmm. think it's like a hundred or two hundred times, or some some really enormous amount, and yet. We're still not in this leisure society that Keynes envisioned right. within 100 years, even though we far exceeded his, his predictions for growth. Yeah, right? he was off the mark there for sure. He was. So why? Well, I think you uh, actually did an interview, correct? I did two interviews. Uh-huh. 
Uh, and I've always kind of had this idea that if you uh, want to know a question, go to Harvard. Right. It's a good. They they have some really really good uh, interview subjects. And actually, I also called a guy from Cornell too, and both of them just no turned out to be either. spot on. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, like the, from Cornell, Robert Frank, and from Harvard, Richard Freeman. And the thing is, is I called both of them out of the blue. Neither one of them had ever heard of the five-day weekend before. Uh-huh. And both of them just right off the cuff talked com- just perfectly, gave me all the information I needed. And as if that weren't enough, both of them had just submitted chapters for a book called Revisiting Keynes on the very question I called wow. them about. And I had no idea that book was even coming out. So it was all just kind of going. Like, you know, we're operating on all cylinders here. Yeah. I'm kind of – I can't sit down while I'm interviewing. I'm very excited. It's uh-huh. economics and all. <laughs> that um so robert frank from cornell his his theory was that we haven't reached this keynesian leisure society because Keynes grossly underestimated relative needs right so you've got basic needs right Mm -hmm. which are like food and water and say clothing right and then there's relative needs as well which can also be basic needs like for example clothing but instead of you know tattered rags that keep you warm a uh, relative need would be a nice suit. Right. And what Frank was saying was that um, in our modern society, it's not enough to just have tattered rags that keep you warm. If you want to have a, a better life, if you want to provide for your children, you have to throw more into relative needs. So your suit has to be nicer so you can get a better job at an interview and then pay for your children, and it's become much more important. You can't walk into a place in an interview in, in rags, this basic need that's been right. covered, and expect to advance in life. True. So he, it was his opinion that that's why Keynes missed the mark. Right. Uh, Freeman, I know you interviewed, and this was from Harvard, correct? Mm-hmm. And uh, he just kind of flatly said that uh, Keynes overestimated our desire for leisure. Yeah, and that it's an op- a five day work week is pretty optimal. Yeah, he said that that um, that. Labor and management came to a perfect agreement, pretty right. much, with a five day, eight, five day work week, eight hour day. Right. What do you think? I got to tell you, you know, I I had sensed before that that's, I I don't like too much time off. It's weird. Right. I feel weird. I feel like I have to do something. I have to produce something. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, too much time off actually makes me a little edgy. I think a four-day work week would be just about right for me. I, I think it would be good to pepper it here or there. Right. I don't think it has to be standard every time, but maybe right. like twice a month you get a day or two off right. or something like that. And we're not talking about telecommuting. That's a, a different deal. It totally is. Yeah. This for, is actually a day off. Right, yeah. A, a day off where you're just not expected to do any work. Yeah. Right. Um, okay, so so now we, we've, we the, the friends of the five-day week, they uh, or five-day weekend, they don't um, – they, they're not the first to come up with it. Keynes did. Um, but I asked Freeman and Frank, uh, you know, what really, what would happen to the economy? Sure. If Hypothetically, what would happen? Yeah. What you got? Well, I know the first thing that um, you would have to do is c- to convince your employers to pay you a f- full wage for two days' work. Right. So paying on production rather than time. Right, which makes sense, but uh, I, I don't think either of them assume that employers would be willing to do that. Right. So right there, you, you've got two-fifths of the wages we have now. Exactly. Which is fine for domestic products, right? Right. So anything that's produced domestically, um, it's going to fall down in step eventually to reflect these two-fifths of wages that Americans are making. In theory, yes. Okay. But also, houses would get substantially smaller. Cars would get substantially smaller. But we'd be able to survive. Basically, America would take a gigantic 
step backward out of the rat race. Right. As one collective whole. But then it would all kind of catch up with itself and adjust itself. It would. And, and everything would be fine. Right. Uh, it'd be much like it is now, except uh, two-fifths is valuable. Right. But uh, foreign-produced goods, in comparison to our lowered wages, the prices of those would skyrocket. Right. So, so long Sony Plasma TV. Right. Because it'd be so – it'd be as out of out of bounds as, as you know, a, a $500 million home is right. to the average person. Um, so you'd have that. But again, we'd still be fine. Our, our relative needs would, would lower – to to reflect that two fifth wage, but I think it was uh, Freeman who predicted sadly that we would still compete with one another. Right, like we'd still want to get the the best TV we could for two fifths of the wages we were getting, and it, we'd want it to be better than someone else. Yeah, the Joneses. Yeah, which is kind of sad that you know even after taking a gigantic step backward, we would still compete with one another. Right, this is an interesting article. I, I'm, it'll clearly never happen, but. Uh, it's interesting to kind of think about what the what if. I, I think so too. I think so too. So uh, there's actually quite a bit more to this article, right? Uh, you tell me. You wrote it. Well, let's 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 just advise people to go on to our handy site, look into our handy search bar. Just type five day weekend into the search bar at howstuffworks.com, and uh, stick around because it is uh, listener mail time, right, Chuck? Listener mail time. Listener mail time. Okay, so Chuck, who is our listener mail from? Our listener is David, and we have no last name. We don't know where David's from. But uh, David did not take kindly to our Delta Force podcast. Okay. But he was very constructive in his criticism. Okay, good to know. He didn't just slam us. Uh, David says, Hi, Chuck and Josh. I usually enjoy your podcast quite a bit, but your recent podcast on Delta Force was way over the line. Yeah. Uh, While I appreciate the bone you threw human, human rights activists at the end, before suggesting that they may be killed for a policy disagreement. <laughs> Your over-the-top adulation for all things military was disturbing. Uh, you seem to suggest that any action they took was justifiable, saying how happy you were that they were taking care of business. Uh, not every policy decision made by our government, particularly when using shadowy military groups, is for the best. Uh, I'm not going to read it because it's too long, but basically he thinks our opinion of special forces might change if some European or Arabian country special forces two-tapped their way through the White House to arrest our president. Uh, so he was kind of just disagreeing with us a little bit. And, and, and at the end there, David's referring to uh, the colonel uh, of Delta Force Beckwith's right. two-tap method. Two-tap, which two is, shots yeah. to the head of every terrorist. Which I have to say, uh, can we play a clip? Because we actually warned David and all the other listeners that it could devolve into something like this, right? Sure, let's listen. Okay. It is. Yeah, There's. Uh, we should probably warn the listeners right now. Chuck and I will most likely devolve into some sort of weird boyhood admiration of all the sick, sick stuff Delta Force has done over the years. Right. So just be forewarned. If we start tittering or get really excited or one of us takes our shirt off, don't be offended, okay? So David actually shamed us a bit. We did feel bad after this one, if I recall right. correctly. Because Chuck. we're not big war guys. Or no, we're not. Like it's just this weird power the Delta Force has over us. Yes, right. we are odd. Yes, we got a little, um, a little juvenile. Sure, but uh, yeah, David. Generally, we we would agree with you. We, right. We believe in in human rights and um, a p- d- diplomacy, not military right. action as, as much. As but possible. I think one point that we tried to make, and I don't know if we made it clear enough, is that uh, if there is action to be taken. We would much prefer a small operation mm-hmm. um, rather than some big... 130,000 troops in, in Iraq, yeah. And uh, just quickly before we go, we got a, a message from another Dave about the same podcast. 
Hi, I listened to your podcast from the UK and really like the one about Delta Force. Would it be possible for you to do one on European special forces like in Germany and France? Cheers. Yes, and so, cheers to you, Dave. Um, we were not aware that France had a special force. Right. So some guys liked it, some guys didn't. That's great. Oh, and don't forget our gal friend in Sudan who started listening to it through her speakers and right. sent us an email saying that she felt uncomfortable doing so, so press pause. Right, but she was happy with it as well. Yeah, great. So thank you to all three of you guys for sending uh, email. Um, and David, thank you very much for uh, letting us know how you feel. We appreciate it. If you guys want to send us an email, let us know what's on your mind, whether you like what we said, whether you didn't. Either way, we're cool with it. Uh, send it to stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?